Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Lucas Arnold. Lucas Arnold, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. How you doing, Brian? Oh man, I'm doing so good. And it sounds like you, it sounds like you had a walk in the park today. What was that like? I did. It was <laughs> it was really really lovely. Um, I found that I get really really annoyed. Um, not by people walking nearby me. It's I've never been more aware of people on bicycles with radios blasting throughout the park. Yeah. That the, little, I've, the, the bizarre shit you notice and then you then you think of stuff like the walking dead or whatever like you know the walking yeah. dead was not um the truth because it didn't have a fat podcaster being pissed off that the starbucks <laughs> had just closed you know like those little yeah. things you start being like man these fucking fictional things are bullshit yeah. if they don't have me pissed off because of the bikes with speakers it's also that i think we've all we're all getting really really used to being on our own and yeah. having as little contact as possible between people so that the moment that you have something as loud and obnoxious, I think it's obnoxious to blast your radio while you're on a bike. Just like if you're like if you're sitting down on a on a blanket, like having a picnic, that makes sense if you're playing a little music. But for some reason, if you're on a bike and you're traveling, it it feels like you're just adding more to the speed of sound just emanating from your radio. And I'm just like, oh, you can you can go. We don't need you. But it's so funny that, you know, you make a good point because so much of so many of us are quarantining with, you know, you're quarantining alone. I think I'm quarantining with maybe one person who's just a good roommate. And it's funny that that will make our sensitivity to annoying bullshit that much lower. So So at some point, everybody's going to have to ramp up or we're going to have a riot on our hands. Oh, if yeah. that's pissing us off, you know, if the bike speaker is pissing us off, there's going to be some shit down the road that's going to piss a lot of people off. Yeah, the bar for a sensory overload has never been lower. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, let's talk about sensory overload because Lucas T. Arnold across all social platforms is nothing if not sensory overload in the in the form of, you know, just comedy videos where you're busting out impressions, you're doing just fucking hilarious uh, comedy sketches about things like indoor plants. I mean, these are the things that we're all kind of focusing on because we're inside and you're you're making them funny. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. That's very kind of you. Yeah, but thank you so much for doing it because I never thought I needed to hear the conversation about soup or chili between Ron Swanson and Christopher Walken (laughs) until you let me know that I needed that. I'm just, what was funny is that I posted a picture of a common thing under TikTok and then Amy's Kitchen, the brand of those soups that I I very much like, um, they commented as well. I was like, oh my God, I feel so starstruck. (laughs) Dude, I love that shit. Really... I think I think I think Miracle Whip retweeted me once, and I just was on cloud nine because we grew up eating Miracle Whip instead of like Hellman's mayonnaise. Ugh, I am moist already. <laughs> but yeah, tell me about your process. It sounds like you probably have you, you know you could have a home recording studio because you do voiceovers fairly actually, professionally, right? I... I'm actually in my home recording studio right now. That's what I'm Skyping from. Yes, and you sound wonderful. And, and that's kind Thank of, did you, you. Get, you build it out because of your career. And right now it's just, you know, an added benefit to having a sweet career is that you're able to also kind of interview with people online or do Zoom comedy shows. Oh, absolutely. I um, I haven't, I don't think I, I did one, um, I did one uh, Instagram live show uh, okay. last week. I haven't done many um, shows besides like, live streaming on tiktok and various little things here and there but um but yeah no it's um it's very good especially especially right now being able to do voiceover to support myself it's never been 
I'm really, really thankful that I get to <laughs> do this to sustain myself because I already work from home. I already have everything set up and it's good. Yeah. Did, you know, what kind of stuff are you doing? We had Brian McGinnis on here who let me know that he was the Robitussin bear, which I thought oh. was fucking cool. Like, what kind of stuff are you doing that we might have heard of? Because his, his daughter, his daughter now thinks that every cart, every bear on television is him because oh. he was the voice of the Robitussin bear. Very adorable. So oh, kind of, so you know, sweet. if somebody hears your voice, where else have they heard it? Right. Um, the very first thing I was ever cast in, I did... Um, the very first thing I was ever cast for in the world of voiceover was like, uh, it was a, it was a murder mystery series that yes. I actually just finished last year because I, I, I started out doing audiobooks. So I've done, I did a, a bunch of audio. I'm in the middle of my 48th. Whoa. Fuck. Yeah. And I started in July, 2017. So coming up on three years. And so how did you kind of, I mean, what, what did they hear in your voice that have, has you as the go-to guy for audiobooks? Well, what, so I start, I got interested in my like in my senior year of college and my roommate and I we found this class uh, we went to college in Chicago and we found this class on Facebook and it was called very grandly how to become an audiobook narrator <laughs> and it was like it was 200 bucks and it was like a 3-day seminar and you would go and we went to this recording studio and we learned about how to audition for books online, how to do basic editing, how to find the right sort of books and deals. And then just sort of like teaches you how to like get started in audiobooks. And that's what I did. And so straight out of college, I started doing audiobooks. Wow. And, and that, so, uh, I mean, did that give you the connections? Like, did that tell you who to, and I guess it did, like it told you who to kind of send your clips to and how, you know, what to put in those clips, you know, what are they listening for? And, and did it also yeah. teach you how to do things like controlling your breath and all that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, um, it wasn't so much about technique so much. It was about like the technicalities of equipment and how to navigate this website. It was sort of oriented towards actors who already had some training and knew what to do, um, oh. to like perform. Um, but yeah. And so at the end of this, you would, at the end of this class, we got some audiobook samples that we could add to our profile online and then use those as our like calling card. Um, and so there's kind of a chief site for that. And then do they, yeah, see, it was, do they uh, see that you did one and that the response was, was fairly good. Like are you know, are your employers or your contractors able to leave a review like this guy's good or they're just able to hear that from the sample? Cause I mean, just having a good voice might not be enough if yeah. you're not professional. So does this website that you kind of get hooked up with also allow for reviews, et cetera? Oh, absolutely. It's um, it was acx.com and that's where I've done all my audiobooks. Okay. And, What's kind of cool is that I met this author that I did the murder mystery series with, and then I got a, a deal with a client that sent me a lot of like nonfiction books, and they were very very short ones, like only an hour two hours long, and they were like how to invest in Bitcoin, how to tell if you're an empath, how to. Wow. It was really it was it was a broad range to say okay. the least, and I there was one audiobook that I actually had to stop because I just I it was. A JavaScript audiobook, <laughs> and literally it was like forward slash forward slash underscore one underscore capital A lowercase. It was literally it was oh, no. narrating the entire code, wow. and I and at some point I was I said to the client I was like I can't do this. This is <laughs> I'm bleeding over here. I can't. And he was like Oh, that's fine. We were just gonna try this out. We'll get someone else. I was like Oh, thank you. 
Yeah, um, wow. And then ultimately, who did yeah. they go to? Like, you know, maybe they paid more for I the next know. guy. Like, it's like you got to pay me a lot of money to kind of spend time on this instead of my hilarious comedy video. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, this I have one funny story about um, audiobooks is that I very nearly did erotica. Very, very nearly. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I was at a party with some friends from college. I stayed in Chicago over the over the summer after I graduated, and then I moved back here. But during the summer, I was doing audiobooks. I was in a show, and I got home one night from a party. I had a bunch of drinks, and when I got home, I thought, let me just see what books are available for audition. Let's just see. Why not? And, and so I, I looked online, and there's a toggle you can uh, check, and, me, and it says... Uh, exclude erotica and sexuality so you don't look at those books and you see everything else so you, decided, unche- you got drunk you unchecked that box and i only looked at erotica <laughs> and sexuality and i found this book. i don't want to say what the name of the book is because someone at, um, did this book yeah. eventually but i found it and it was it was so terrible it was wonderful it was just it was so it was kind of like the room in how it, re- it just like it had no self-awareness yeah. of the like its own quality and i just thought oh i need to audition for this and so i recorded an audition drunk i edited it drunk i then sent it off and then i crashed i went to bed and in the morning i woke up to an offer <laughs> and i was this close to accepting i was real because it, it, i knew i would have had an amazing time doing this i would have so, had so, so much fun. You, yeah why didn't you do it because they would have wanted it produced because I have to I produce the whole audiobook I record it edit I do everything for the audiobook and they would have wanted it done in like a week and I couldn't do it that quickly and then they would have wanted a second book done in only four days afterwards and I was oh yeah I was doing because the quality of the book was less than par that they expected such a quick turnaround they're like well the writing's not that good who cares if the audiobook's that good I think they wanted to submit it to a festival maybe i'm not but um but yeah and i was doing a play at the time and i was doing other audiobooks and i was like oh i'm really sorry i actually can't do this um so i had to had to decline but i was yeah why did you keep you know why did you continue to stay away from erotica though have you since done it i've just i've just not felt the pull like i did that day (laughs) (laughs) i love it man you you got drunk you listened to it you auditioned you 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 had sweet dreams you you woke up with morning wood (laughs) <laughs> and, you got, and you got the offer. You got the offer, and you rubbed one yeah. out. You know, one. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have a window into my soul. Yeah. And then <laughs> where were you um, in Chicago? I, I, I was in. Um, I was in uh, Evanston, Illinois. I went to oh, Northwestern. Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, during college, I mean, you didn't have a related major. Were you theater or no? I was theater major. Yeah. Okay, and then I mean, one one other kind of this brings up the Northwestern alum, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. I wonder if he did, but Nick Kroll is one of the better voice, you know, voice artists for animation. Oh, yeah. It sounds like an interest fan, like yeah. I do in Big Mouth. And I, I'm kind of wondering whether or not, I, I, I thought he had a tangential relationship to you know, Chicago and or Evanston. But speaking of Big Mouth, I mean, mm-hmm. are you ever going to have your own animated series where you do every single voice in there, each one funnier oh. than the last? I, it's, that's the dream. Yeah, I, is that the I, career goal? Oh, well, um... I mean, I really, I really, really love stand up and I want to pursue, but doing, doing an animated show where I do like a bunch of different characters, that would be a big check off of my like life. I don't want to say bucket list, but life, like I would love to do that. Something like, you know, Hank Azaria on the Simpsons. Cause he does like, he does Mo, he does, uh, Carl, he does chief, Wh- he, 
so many different characters. I would love, oh, I'd love to do that. And yeah, I actually am in because I mean you you got the comedy writing down, you got the voices down, you got the studio, you got the editing. I would I think am the only in a cartoon thing... though. Right, I am actually in a. It's a little. It's a young children's cartoon called Saving Soup. Okay. And uh, it's on YouTube, like five minute episodes. It's really really cute. It's about these go. sort of primordial people discovering the first inventions, like the water bucket and Velcro <laughs> and this. Slingshot. It is really, and it's sort of like inspiring kids to make their own solutions to their problems, invent stuff, be creative, and it's it's really really sweet. And can people and find? I that love in, my cast. Can they find that embedded on lucastarnold.com? Uh, yes, you can. Oh, good. good, indeed. And that, I would think that the only thing that you might be missing from that suite of skills, whereby you're doing your own kind of comedy special, you know, animated comedy film where you're doing all the voices would be the animation and it sounds like you have you know you have an in with at least one of them because you were in a cartoon but i would think the animation could get expensive like if you went in partners with it like an mm -hmm. animator i would think that you know that you know just give them give them a piece of the action and you could do that pretty quickly because you have everything else you have the oh, equipment sure. you got the editing skill you got the voiceover skill you got the comedy chops to write it it is a thought i haven't thought about creating a show of my own um I'll have to I'll have to think about that later. I I was not prepared for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's essentially what you're doing. I mean, it's you're doing the easy, fast version of it, showing yeah. off all your skills and something like the pinned tweet, where you're auditioning uh, famous celebrities to play the part of Carol Baskin on Tiger. Oh King. yeah, like that. Able to you know you were able to show off a lot of the impressions that you do. But here you would be able to you know I, I suppose you just need the same vehicle for original voices and something like that would lend itself to comedy but i suppose you could do it in a front-facing video that would be easier and cheaper to produce because i think animation just gets expensive it does but it is it's so cool when you get to see the animation moving just like just as simple as the mouth flaps moving along to what you say it's it you get yeah. like a chill in your spine it's really cool yeah that's that yeah and that's so cool like i almost want i have to see that make sure it's embedded because i want to see lucas arnold because i want to see the mouth the mouth flapping yeah. to your to your voice and are you you know what voice can, do you kind of do are you using your voice now or do you you know what kind of voice are you putting on so in that show well one of the characters is nonverbal and he just sort of speaks in grunts like hmm, <laughs> like just he just does a lot of that okay. um and then the other one is uh well that was soup the title character and the other one who is a speaking role his name is ooga booga and i actually <laughs> did you ever watch little britain no have you ever seen okay so it was a sketch show in the uk um uh done by a duo called uh matt lucas and david walliams okay and they did these they just did these really broad but so funny characters they didn't i'll be honest they didn't age well um <laughs> they, they really didn't age well it's from like uh like these early mid 2000s and they did um and david walliams had this character called lou who was a caretaker for this guy in a wheelchair and the sort of joke every sketch was that while he was trying to get entry into like maybe a zoo or something and he would be talking to the clerk the guy in the wheelchair would get up and do all this crazy shit. Um, <laughs> and that Lou had no idea that he didn't need the wheelchair. Oh, I love that. And he would, and he thought of, he had this a, a little bit of a lisp. And he said, oh, I, I don't want to create any math, any, any kind of kerfuffle. I just want to see if we can get in here with a wheelchair, if you don't mind. And, and maybe I have seen that. I love that voice. And so did you do that, a similar voice to that in the cartoon with Soup? Kind of, yeah. So that's kind of the voice of Ooga Booga, but without okay. the lisp. Okay. Um, well, well, that's yeah. cool. And then... um. 
had another question. Oh, you have kind of you, you have a you know deep, very you know pretty voice, and, and I guess the question I have is, and you also have kind of a you know square jaw, and so that leads you know to the, the question that you should get more than once, which is, have you seen Making a Murderer, and have you done a front-facing video as the murderer who's called Luca Magnata, and your name is Lucas. I've never seen Making uh, a Murderer. <laughs> well, no, sorry, not Making a Murderer. The, the don't Kill a Cat. I think I said exactly the wrong thing. Now, Don't don't Fuck with Cats is on Netflix. Okay, and, I've yeah, not don't seen that either. Cat. Oh, well, that's about the guy who used to um, he used to kill cats and film it. It's a, actually a real thing. Oh, my God. And then so there was a bunch of Internet super sleuths who were trying to track him down because they thought it was going to graduate to murder, and sure enough, it did. Whoa. And so the whole thing is a big manhunt, but he's got this um, this deep, nice voice and kind of a square jaw to the point where I mean this this thing was pretty big for a while. I can't believe you haven't seen it, but yeah, the reason no. I the reason why I think I, I have heard of it, but I just never yeah. saw it. Yeah, yeah, and I think I said exactly the wrong thing. But don't fuck with cats is probably right. big enough where at some point um, you all your followers on Instagram might want to see something like that because you would nail it like a motherfucker. Okay, I, I will hundred percent check it. I've gotten. I've gotten a lot of people saying that I look like Joe from You or Dennis oh. Reynolds from It's Always Sunny or <laughs> a lot a lot of different ones and then like a young Christopher Walken which and that's actually the reason why I started learning how to do a Christopher Walken impression is that when I was auditioning for high schools um the auditioners of the school I ended up going to um they were like you look like a young Christopher Walken and I had like uh -huh. huge long bushy curly hair i was like he doesn't look like this <laughs> but um but yeah i got sort of interested and i thought oh i could do that maybe and this guy yeah. this guy's a super good looking guy and i think that it would be um you know i think that you could nail it because you wouldn't really need that much to do it well and i know you would just fucking nail it but um yeah, oh, don't fuck with cats and, oh yeah at, at the very least because your followers will lap it up or at some point they would have you know if it was super fresh oh, yeah but, but yeah how are you to kind of writing your material you know this this short videos you're doing you only have so much time in a day when you're not recording you know audiobooks how are you deciding i want to spend the next half an hour, hour, three hours, however long it takes to record, edit something like the indoor plant video or um, the other one with the it ended with coronavirus and Jeffrey Epstein um, reference. It was yeah, yeah. Or the garlic, you know, the, the, the global conspiracy about hoarding garlic. Like, how are you deciding what's worthy of the considerable time it probably takes to record and edit? Oof. Um, I'm trying. It's sort of. The best way I can describe it is that it comes from the same place in your mind that thinks that would make a good tweet. Something that's just uh -huh. sort of short and punchy. And so I feel like any tweet I make, I could also translate fairly well into a video and also add other elements. And yeah, like, you know, because in that um in that plants video, I had like me just sort of staring at the camera while the voiceover was speaking over. And so that is something that I couldn't do it and so i oh. there are sort of other elements that i don't know it just sort of comes to you you i wish i i wish i had a better you hadn't done overdubs previously you're saying technologically you don't often have a kind of a i guess you know you do of course because you're voiceover yeah. artist so yeah, what so was unique about that video where um you said you don't normally do that it just sort of i just started doing it it's a bit like riffing and okay. that you just um you start recording it and you think, oh, maybe I could just give like a deathly stare to the camera without moving my face at all while the while the voiceover is, is taking over the remainder of the video that just had oh, like good. a sort of yeah. creepy factor. And it that's just something of, that would be much better than like a tweet or something. 
Yeah, it's kind of so like when you, it's kind of like if you're making pasta and you and you just like th- decide to throw in something else, like an extra spice, and you're like, oh, why not try this? And it's just yeah. it's just throwing stuff in, kind and of. And then and then as far as like impressions and things like that, like we had Bonnie Q Harris on here, and she did um, actually on the same day I recorded Bonnie Q Harris and Maria Dakotas, and they both. They both were, you know, doing, you know, Melissa Villasenor impressions and things like that. And even, even Maria Dakotas had something like, well, I tried to do this character because I kind of look like her. But then mm-hmm. both of them have since had success. You know, like Bonnie Harris does an amazing Sebastian Maniscalco character, which, of course, is a man and looks nothing like her. And then Maria Dakotas just got written up in the Rolling Stone and retweeted by the Colbert or whatever because she did the Andrew Cuomo mm-hmm. uh, sketch. And so, like, what what... What are you thinking in terms of impressions? Like, is it misleading to think that, oh, because I look like this guy or I sound like this guy, I should devote my considerable talent to mimicking him when I could, you know, think outside the box and find a lot of success with something that, I don't know, might utilize a lot of my comedic writing? I think, well, first off, I think there's exceptions to every rule and that maybe you do an impression because you think you look like someone, but sometimes you just go total 180 and you go, for the opposite gender or something or I generally try to go for what I think I could fit in my voice range. Okay. Um, like I don't think I could really not do a good Morgan Freeman. And so I wouldn't say that I do one because I just, I don't think my voice is low enough. Like I could maybe but also, probably... fil- but also filming. It could be problematic with blackface. I think that it's okay if you're just doing the voice. I mean, oh, okay. if you if you're just feeling yourself and you're like, oh, I want to do blackface, and you're like, oh, but I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, but, but as long as you don't uh, costume up, it could be fine to just do your yeah. impression of him over one of your movie trailers or something like that. Yeah, I think if if you're really just doing the just doing the voice, then then it's not blackface. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I um. I generally try to go for what I think is in my range. Like, like I know I don't look like Nick Offerman or Ron Swanson, but I feel like I yeah, you nailed barely... it. There you go. That's a good example. You know, so yeah. unlike unlike people before, it was like, oh, you look like a young Christopher Walken. Here, you were like, well, I don't look like Nick Offerman any, you know, at all. Yeah. But my voice has him on lock. And so, what even? And I guess what you know, were you watching Parks and Rec? At what point were you like, man, I it's think a I can do very, that. it's a very, I really like. Okay, so. I was at college and Nick Offerman came to do yes. uh, his one man show at Northwestern. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, my acting teacher at college, um, shout out to Henry Godinez. Yes, uh, he, Henry Godinez. Henry Godinez, Godinez or go home. Um, he <laughs> And he actually knew Nick Offerman from back in the day in like the 90s, I think. And so when Nick Offerman came um, about 10 minutes into his act, um, he says, is anyone here a student of Henry Godinez? And a bunch of us who were students of Henry like shot our hands in the air. We're like, woo, we love Henry, yeah. And then Nick Offerman said, is that man still ripped? <laughs> and and he sort of, he went into the story of, he said, back in the day when I was a young theatrician in the city of Chicago, I was in a production of Kabuki Theater with Henry and... <laughs> The sight of that man in naught but face paint and a loincloth nearly turned me. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's precious. How, that's, fucking, I, that's fucking precious. Yeah, he's from an adjacent suburb to me back in the day. Like, I'm Joliet, and he's Manuka. Oh, my God. Yeah, and Melissa McCarthy's playing field and stuff. But, man, that impression is so fucking amazing. And so during oh, the show, were you like, I can do this? 
At what point did it occur to you that I got to really try this because it's in my vocal range? It was just me retelling that story, just (laughs) telling his retelling that I wasn't even thinking, oh, let me try to nail this. I was just trying to do it. And someone said, oh, that's not bad. And I thought, oh, all right. Added to the arsenal. (laughs) Well, I love that. But now you're going to have to meet every celebrity so that when you retell the story, people around you can be like, oh, that's pretty fucking good. But just you have to, I mean, it's hard, you know, if you, and I guess the one last question I have, because I'm curious, is when you're doing Uh audio books, are you doing different voices for dialogue? Are you reading it just in a Lucas Arnold voice? Sometimes. It changes for various books. So, the reason why is because for the mur- murder mystery series, everyone in the book speaks English. And so whatever their accent is, is what I would do. But the thing is, I also do uh, the last audiobook I did took place in Russia, but the book was in English. And so it didn't make sense for me to do like a thick Russian accent as if they're straight off board. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so because they're speaking English now as understanding that they're really speaking russian and so i just yeah. did an american accent so it depends um, on it depends on the gig yeah there's there's a nuance to everything well let you me just sort you, of have to use your best judgment see and then well in this episode i mean your voice is just perfect and i can't i just hope someday i i, I see you as the killer from don't fuck with cats luke luca <laughs> magnana just because he's a you know good looking dude square jaw he's got the deep voice and i think he could just fucking nail it and hopefully there's a moment in time when your instagram followers just demand it because they're they're a fucking horde and there's thousands of them and they're just gonna i want them to clamor here's you know my mouth to them sending it out into the world he needs to be luke Luca Magnana from Don't Kill Cats. Lucas Arnold, it was so nice speaking to you. Thank you so much. This is a pleasure. Thanks so much, Brian.